Well, hey, friends, we really are grateful that you're here and glad that you're joining us. Happy New Year. I know you will want to join me in thanking Reverend Karen Kraska for her great message last week and helping get us on a good start to the new year with the Wesleyan Covenant prayer and what that means for all of us as we commit ourselves to a new relationship with God and to a new connection with Jesus. So thanks for being a part of this. We begin now this time called, Why Am I Here? And what does this all look like? Will you pray with me as we begin? Holy and gracious God, thank you for what new years bring because they bring new opportunities. They bring hope. They bring a new light and they help us reflect on who we are and whose we are. And so God, as we embark on a new endeavor, we pray that your spirit would help guide us and strengthen us and renew our faith and that we might discover in these next few weeks why we are here and what our purposes can be and how it is we can serve and share your love in the world. Thank you, God, for that opportunity. Help us now to rise to the occasion. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the new year, we often ask questions like this, don't we? Why am I here? Well, what's going on? What do I need to do, right? Well, this is what promotes New Year's resolutions. It's what helps us to identify that maybe we can change some habits that we've been wanting to do, right? We ask those kinds of questions. I remember even as a young man reflecting at age 24, 25, as I'd been newly married and embarking on my career, golly, what's the future hold? And why am I here? And what's this all about, right? I also reflect on my own mom. Um, who survived my dad's life by about 12 years. And in that time frame, she lost her lifelong friend in addition to her husband. She lost two of her brothers. She lost her only daughter. And often when I would talk with my mom, she would reflect on this question, why am I here? And I think we all do at some point, right? Whether it's at the first of a year or whether it's at some point in your life or whether it's at a junction in our days when we just think, so why am I here? Well, I hope that not only today, but over the next several weeks, we'll begin to uh, answer that question, why am I here? And I think when I reflect on that, I, I realize that when I ask that question, why am I here? I, I think it actually comes in essentially two different frameworks. One I call simply, man, it's a question of existence. And often that question of existence is, why am I alive? That's the question my mom was asking. Why am I alive? Why have I survived after all these others? Why am I still here? Why am I still around, right? That's a question of existence. It's been asked for centuries. Even the prophet Jeremiah, who, you know, helped lead the Israelites and point out how they needed to connect with God, asked this of himself. Jeremiah chapter 20 says, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble and sorrow and shame. I think we often ask this kind of question, right? Particularly when we're concerned about the future or when life is not going as we'd hoped, uh, we sometimes ask that question of existence. And I simply want to suggest, you know, we often look in books, we ask friends, we might seek counseling. All of that is great. All of it can be helpful. Uh, but there's more to our lives than simply our existence. We need to sort of push through. Uh, we might reflect, for instance, on the great wisdom writer in Proverbs chapter 16 that simply says, the Lord has made everything for a purpose. That includes you. That includes me. That includes all of us. 
And so friends, as this new year begins, and if you find yourself thinking to yourself, why am I here? Number one, you're not alone. Number two, you might be feeling as though, golly, there's no purpose or there's no value or there's no way forward or I'm not sure what I need to do. I want to assure you that God has a desire for your life, that God has a dream for your life, that God desires for you to do more than simply exist. I want to reflect, for instance, on what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus when he said in chapter 1, long before he laid down, meaning God, long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Yeah, there's more to this life than simply existing. There's more to this life than that question of existence. I believe the second form of this question, why am I here, looks a little bit like this. It's a question of significance. That is to say, does my life matter? Is there something to my life? Is there something more for me? Is there a purpose for my life? Can I have an impact on this world, right? And this often happens at midlife. I know in my own life, I'm 56 years old, about to turn 57. You know, over the last couple of years, I've asked that question more than once. Does my life matter? Is there some purpose for me more than what I've been doing? You know, occasionally we talk more these days about even what's known as a quarter life crisis. Some of our 25 to 30 year old guys in particular who really struggle with, man, what is in store for my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? Do I have significance? And I really just want to suggest we need to move on that path. We need to challenge ourselves to consider that that's really the meaning for us in life is that we work towards significance. And it kind of comes in stages. I look at it as a kind of a three-tiered or three-stage process of meaning. Uh, the first is I, I sometimes just find myself in what's known as survival mode, right? Man, I just go from day to day. I, I have no real uh, purpose. I, I just kind of exist, right? That's survival mode. I hope that you're not there. But if you are, remember Paul's words, God has a, a love for you and God wants the best for you. Where we often find ourselves in this meaning and purpose and significance is uh, I'm striving after success. Right. I'm I'm achieving things. I'm accomplishing things. The world looks at me and says, hey, that person's a success. But I often know many folks who, while they are successful, either financially or socially or even in their own uh, vocations, they sometimes find themselves listless and and not quite sure what's next or what I need to do with my life. It's why we need to sort of slide into and toward that third level, which is literally significance. Significance suggests that I've got purpose to my life every day. I've got a sense of power in my life every day, that I've got a, a kind of profound ability to know, man, there's a lot of stuff uh, available for me and I can commit myself to this. So how do we get there? How do we find this significance? How do we recognize that this is possible? So that when we ask that question, whether in our mind or aloud, why am I here? We can address the significant nature of it. 
Well, the good news is uh, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote much of the New Testament, many of those letters that follow the Gospels, uh, as he writes to one of the churches in Colossae, he has this profound insight for us that I want to share that speaks to us profoundly about how we can find that significance. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. We look at this Son, meaning Jesus, of course. We look at this Son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. He has there. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. Jesus was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of His death, His blood that poured down from the cross. Wow, I love that. That's from the message translation, and it helps me and I hope you better understand that from the very beginning, God had a purpose in mind for you. From the very beginning, God has an answer for all of us about why we're here. From the very beginning, he says, Jesus helped set the pace for us to better recognize that, man, God has a design for our hearts and a purpose for our lives. And so the first thing I just want to let you know and, and hopefully help you to sort of grasp hold of is that, man, God knows that you matter. God loves you intently. God desires for you to recognize that your life has purpose and value and meaning. And we need to discover that intently so that we can then answer and address this question, why am I here? Well, in part, you're here because God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God wants to be there for you and with you. I reflect on a part of uh, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43, where he literally just says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Wow. The God of the universe, the creator of everything, who knows all things and, and has a role in all things, that God calls you by name. You are God's child. You have purpose and value and meaning. And a part of what I want to say to all of us is, and what that means is there's more to life than simply success. There, there's more to life than just achieving and accomplishing. There, there's more to life than, than simply uh, uh, accomplishing certain things. None of that's bad. It's just not what life is about. 
And for many of us who've achieved some nice things, who've accomplished some wonderful things, we realize that because at some point we go, what else is there? And a part of what we need to know is that um, this uh, achieving and this success, it's not so much about the end road or the end game, but rather what we want and what we need is relationship and connection. We need to know that we matter, right? And God says that to us and, and, and Paul is addressing that. Did you hear those words from the very beginning? Uh, you had a purpose that all of the dislocated pieces and parts, I love that, are fit and fixed together. That God has properly aligned who we are with God's desires for the world. And this relationship, man, it makes a difference. And it starts in a connection and a relationship with God. I love the way Jesus put it. John records it in his 17th chapter. He just says, now this is eternal life. He's going to give us a definition. That's kind of what we're looking for, right? We're looking for eternal life. We're looking for this eternal connection with God. And Jesus says it right here. He says, this is eternal life to know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Well, this knowing, it's not a head thing. <laughs> it's not a knowledge knowing. This Greek word that's rendered as to know you, the one true God and his only son whom he has sent, that's a know like a mom or a dad knows the intricacies of their infant's face. It's like the way a parent understands the needs and dreams of their child. It's like a spouse or a life partner who knows your hopes and your dreams. And no, it's an intimate understanding. It's an intimate connection. That's the kind of knowing that God has for us and wants for us. You see, that's where we begin to find significance. And I know, man, <laughs> life has been a, a, a bit of a journey these last couple of years, hasn't it? And, and if you're like me in this new year of 2022, you're looking for that bright light. You're looking for that hope. You're looking to have an answer for that question. Why am I here? And I simply want to say to you and to me and to all of us, man, this God who created us, this God who brought Jesus into the world, this God who had a purpose from the very beginning, has a purpose for you. And sometimes when we have a hard time seeing it and, and perhaps even believing it and trying to figure it out, we wonder, don't we? And I reflect on the Israelites. You know, one of the most um, famous scripture passages that is often said to us or claimed on our behalf when we're struggling, when we're not sure what the future holds, I'm not sure we know the full context of it comes from the book of Jeremiah. You might know it, Jeremiah 29, 11. But I wonder if you know the context. It comes out of the, the context of uh, Jeremiah is saying to the Israelite people, hey, I know you didn't want to go into that Babylonian captivity. I know it wasn't a part of your plan. I know it wasn't what you wanted. And I know you don't even understand it. Why would we want to go into captivity? Why would God cause this? Why would God make this happen? Why is this going on? And where is the future? Jeremiah reports to the Israelites in the midst of their captivity while they are out of their land. And he says that God reports, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. The plans for your welfare and not to cause harm, a plan to give you a future with a hope. You see, this is God's desire for us.
God desires a future with hope for you, for me. God desires for our welfare, for you, for me, for the world. God knows that. God understands that. And we need to claim it as well. And so part of the gift that I want to claim for you is that the reason we are here, man, the reason we're here is because you matter. The reason that you're here is because God loves you. The reason that you're here is because God wants a relationship with you and for you to share that closeness and that desire and that love with others. We're not here to just earn an income. (laughs) We're not here to work out whether or not somebody likes me or not, or determine whether I can do the right thing for somebody so that they'll appreciate who I am. We're not here to chase success. Far too many of us have literally run around in circles, chasing our tails, trying to figure that out. No, there's a very specific reason why we're here, friends. We are here to love God and to love our others. Pure and simple. That's why we're here. We are here to love God, to be in relationship with God, to cherish who God is and all that God is doing and all that God has done and will continue to do and to love other people. That's what God put us here for. Jesus said it more than once. These are the two great commandments. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, he said, all the law and all the prophets, in other words, everything you know, all the law, all the prophets, hang on these two things. Love God and love other people. And the best way to do that is to serve others and to serve God. Because when we serve people and serve God because of God's love, and it changes the world, it changes us, it changes other people, it transforms hearts, and it makes the world a better place. That's why you're here. You're here to make the world a better place. And we're here to make the world a better place simply and solely because God loves you. And if God loves you, God loves other people. And if God loves other people, we need to love other people too. You see, this is why we're here. And over the next several weeks, we're going to try to help each of us better understand. So what does that love look like? And how is it that we can serve? And therefore, how can we address very specifically, why am I here? Hey, friends, I'm glad you've chosen to join us today. And I pray that you will indeed begin to recognize that you matter to God. Your neighbors matter to God. Your coworkers matter to God. Your family matters to God. The people across the globe matter to God. And so what are we gonna do about that? How are we gonna help others know that they too matter, that they too are loved, that they too are cherished? You're here to love God and to love others. So let's make it happen. You pray with me. God, what a great gift it is to know that I matter, that you matter, that we matter, that you love us unconditionally, and that you want us to share that with others. God, thank you for helping us to know that from the very beginning of creation, you had a purpose for us, and that it's found in Jesus, and that we have the opportunity to be fit and fixed together with him 
so that we can share that good news and help the world know there is hope, there is light, there is joy. What a great gift, God. Thank you for helping us to know that and helping us to share that. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey friends, as we begin this new year, let me just thank you for an amazing, generous year you gave us in 2021. Uh, the precious gifts you gave for ministry, uh, for Refuge for Women on Christmas Eve. You'll hear more about that next week. But let me also invite you to continue that generosity, to make ministry real, to help others know that they are loved. To do that, you can simply scan the QR code that's right here on the screen for you, or you can text the letters T-M-U-M-C to the number 45777. Thank you for getting us started well and for making hope true for others.